tonight. One down, seven to go as Arsenal steal a march on their competitors as we breeze past the Geordies at home. We welcome in special guest Tez from the Clock End podcast and talk all things Arsenal on this and Ask Brothers Raincast. Welcome to this and Ask Brothers Rantcast. The interlow is done, the football is back, and just for a change, Toby's nowhere to be seen. We've fucked him off and we've got someone in who's got a little bit more spice, someone who can actually come to the table and bring the swearing and match what the Ask Brothers match. We've got Tez from the fantastic Clock End podcast. G'day, Tez. How are you? <laughs> Good, mate. How you going, buddy? Jeez, what an intro, mate. Mate, that's what I do. I've heard you try and do intros and you just fuck it up. So I thought I'd fly the flag for, for Australians who are... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I fuck a lot of things up, but no can't really listen, so I don't really give two fucks. <laughs> uh, good, the football's back, mate. Oh, mate, it's killed me because I don't give a fuck about international football. Nah, me either. I've got you know, no interest, no interest at all. You know, and especially now, you know, as... Toby and I are both England fans, and I refuse to support Tottenham, so therefore I refuse to support England. It's the only fucking time in my life I watch England, I think, I hope Harry Kane breaks both his fucking legs. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that'd be good this time of year too, wouldn't it? Going up with Arsenal, top three, and uh, the bottlers are bottling it, and we like that much. Mate, they are spursing it to the spursiest level possible. It's such a sweet thing. St. Tottenham, Tottenham's day is fucking on, and I'm ready for it, Tez. It's going to be sweet. I am too, mate. I am too, and ho- hopefully, um, you know, look, we can stick to that top three, and yeah, we got the better run home, though. Just statistically, just statistically, we should do it. I mean, even if, if you just look at all possible parameters, if you look at the run-ins, if you look at the form lines, it should be done. You know, I'm always, I'm, I'm never one to be optimistic. Anything could go wrong, but we should do it. We really should, and I'm, I'm pumped for it. But Tez, I'm pumped for Arsenal to be back. But it wasn't the most fun game to watch. How did you find it? We started off slow, um, which you know we've come out a couple of games and we've started off pretty quick. Um, but this, it's you know we come out of the blocks and. We're just a bit slow, I thought, and, and yeah, you know, we got there in the end. Look, you know, I'm not going to complain too much because we got the three points, but I find when we come out of the blocks, um, you know, 100 miles an hour and putting the pressure on, we, we seem to continue on, you know. Obviously, we'll get into the game as, as it goes on, but yeah, just the, the first probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, I thought we were a bit slow. Bit of ring rust as well, I reckon, you know, but we don't have a lot of players playing international football at the moment. I don't know whether that's a a sign of maybe where we are as a football club or, you know, what that might be. But I think in some cases at this stage of the season, you know, some of the guys might be better off playing, might be better off going and, and having some minutes for their countries, not sitting on their asses for, for two weeks. And I just thought maybe that was a, a directive of the slow start. Anything kind of surprised you, Tez, as far as the lineup, considering Koscielny injured, Xhaka picked up an injury, and Torreira suspended? Look, uh, I'm going to, I don't know, your listeners, they, <laughs> I don't know whether they listen to us or not in the, in the podcast um, regime and whatnot, but I, I'm not the biggest Awobi fan. 
Um, I've said it on my show plenty of times. He's, he's got a lot of lead in his pencil, but he hasn't got that finished product. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see a Bamiyang there, but then there's an argument sake. Do you have Lacazette there, Bamiyang up top? Uh, that's probably my only issue. Look, the team pretty much picked itself. Maitland-Niles, well, he's been, you know, pretty good form. Klozenac, uh, Gwendouzi, Ramsey, they, they were obviously going to be in the midfield. Uh, it's good to see Monreal back. And uh, look, the only other controversial one, I suppose, was Mustafi, but... Uh, who are you going to fuck? Who are you going to play? Who do you play? Exactly. <laughs> who, so. who do you play? You who? know, I mean, we'd all love to fucking sell him for a fiver and throw him off the end of a fucking bridge, but... You know, while we've got him, we have to play him. Look, Tez, the the only thing, I I guess the two things that surprise me, and and after being surprised by them, I've since kind of come around because Twitter went fucking burko over Noah Bamiyang, like absolutely burko. And I'm pretty much off off shitter at the moment. I'm so done with shitter and people's fucking venom. I just occasionally pop up a podcast on there, mm. but. In hindsight, when you look at our April, how insane our April is going to be, how many games we have to play, Europa League ties in there as well, and just the sheer schedule, I think we might see a bit more of this. We might see a bit more of assets on the bench who are able to have impacts on games, assets like Mkhitaryan, assets like Aubameyang being held back in reserve a little bit so that we can get the rotation of the team a bit better throughout this April period. Yeah, look, it's we're definitely we've got the depth, I suppose. Like, I I don't know why we're letting Ramsey go. Um, I said at the start, and I don't want to get off track here, but I said at the start of the this is uh, the Ars Brothers, mate. All we fucking <laughs> all we fucking do is get off track, Tess. <laughs> look, I said at the start of the season, uh, you know, how can we play play a player, but pay a player three hundred and fifty k as reported. That's what he wanted. I've, I've changed my mind. Uh, pay the fucking bloke what we want, what he wants. Because uh, I've uh, got, I've got long-standing issues. I spoke to Toby on the phone today, briefly, and we're both not in love with Ramsey, but appreciate what he's done in mm-hmm. the last period of time. For that money, you would expect that Ramsey would be playing every game and would be a talisman. If Ramsey plays more, I think he's played somewhere in the vicinity of like 20 games less than last year up to this point and considerably less minutes. He's been heavily, heavily looked after body-wise. And if you're going to pay that money, you're going to pay that money for someone who's playing all the time. And if Ramsey plays all the time, his hamstrings go ping. So I'm I'm with I, you. I, I do get that point. Yeah, I, I'm with I you. That. I'm not with you. Am I pissed off we're not getting any money for him? Yes, we should be getting money for him. I'm actually not upset that he's going. He's he's forced me to become slightly more upset that he's going through his actions, mm. which he can kind of go fuck himself for doing because Ramsey does what suits Ramsey. And right now what suits Ramsey is that Ramsey is going out and putting himself in the shop window so that he can get a game when he moves and also so that he can secure his legacy. But does that take away from any of his performances in the last couple of months or in the latter part of this season? No. So I'm really torn. It's like ex-girlfriends, mate. You like to think about fucking them, but you hate the memory of them. 
Yeah, look, I, and I've I, exactly, yeah, and and look, I've I, I've come to appreciate Ramsey more, I suppose, in this last couple of months because me too. You, you know, he's gone to he's gone to Uve and he signed a great deal there. Brilliant, great, good on him. But to still show your loyalty at us with Arsenal and show that look, I'm continuing this season. I'm going to give it everything I've got that's left in the tank, and I, mate, I really appreciate that. It's um yeah it's it's hard. What, what's your thoughts on a Because I, I mentioned, look, I'm not the biggest fan of a Wobie and uh, in the line up there. But what what's your thoughts on it? I constantly go up and down with a Wobie, constantly, relentlessly up and down with a Wobie, and I. You've pulled me up before, Tez. I've got fucking... Around Christmas, I got shit-faced and put a post up saying, fucking sell him. If you can sell him tomorrow and get 25 mil for him, sell him. I think you replied to me saying, get off the fucking beers, mate. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> I might have done, mate. But look, I, but I for just, every time yeah. he makes me... If for every time a Wobie makes me appreciate him, then I have to... He, he gives me another reason not to appreciate him. So, it's he wasn't fantastic today. I thought he worked his hole off, but nothing really worked for him. And um, he continues to make me feel like he is a squad player in a starting position. He's fucking 22, Tez. 22. Yeah, I know. Look, he, can, he, can you, ju- you can't judge him on a final product as a 22-year-old. I know there are some players out there in the world, there are you know, Sterlings and Sanes and, you know, and many, Bapes many others. And, yeah, and, and, you know, know there's young Sancho. Who are world at class at that age, but it is very uncommon. And I've forgotten where I read it or I heard it. It was either on a podcast or I read it in an article. But someone put up somewhere saying he's actually quite mentally young as well. So mm. not only is he young in years, but he's quite mentally you know, young, and as we know, all professional sport, you, you have guys come through who have the me- mentality to be a top player. I've thought for a long time that Awobi, unlike Genduzi, right, and we'll go into Genduzi because Gendu- I, I had issues with Genduzi in this game. I've had a couple of issues with Genduzi, but overall, I really like him as a 19 year old. Mm. But that guy is, he genuinely believes that he belongs. He walks into a first team full of internationals and he acts like he belongs. He asks for the ball. He wants it in, in dangerous areas. And yes, he makes mistakes, but he's got that mentality that just gets up and brushes it off and goes again. Awobi's a guy for me where if he makes a couple of mistakes early in a game, his head drops, he becomes quiet. And I don't know that he thinks that he's at the level to be there would I sell him? No, I just think he needs to be a squad position and someone needs to come in on that wing. And, you know, we move forward and, and he, he probably plays still 25 games a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I think, if you know, definitely a squad player. Um, Gwen Doozy, I, I like Gwen Doozy. I like what I see. I can't believe we got him for the price we got him at, which is which was a great find. Uh, for me, he just needs you know he'll come he'll come best he'll young get, player since Cesc Fabregas. Yeah, look, mate, he'll get better and better and and fuck me, like he's what is he nineteen? I yeah. think. I, yeah. And and this is the problem. I look at a Gwen Doozy and I look at a Wobie, and I I honestly think you look at a Gwen Doozy when he's twenty two. I think he'll be almost a star. Like, but I think Gwen has. That's what I'm saying. I think Gwen has the mentality 
to become a star at 19. Mm. I think that Awobi, he doesn't have that mentality. For me, he's got the mentality of a squad player. And maybe he'll find it. Maybe he'll find it at 25, 26. Yep. Yeah, no, it's hard to disagree with that, Mike. Uh, as as you said, Tez, first 15 minutes of the game, slow start. Slow start from Arsenal. Led in the boots. And um, make goal from Ramsey. Disallowed. Soft. What did you I, think? I think it was a goal. I have no idea what... what uh, it was the ref again, bloody... Ashley, was it? Cunty McCuntface. I've yeah. got written down. <laughs> Look, I, I, think, I think they got it wrong. I don't think there was much in it. They were talking about a, a shirt pulling... Um, fuck me, I didn't see it. Like, I think I'd on the replay, that- yeah, I think on the replay there was a, a little bit of a shirt pull. And it's funny because the conversations that we've got to start having now coming towards the end of the year isn't looking at it in real time. It's not looking at the referee's decision. Now we're starting to look at it going, what would happen with VAR? Mm-hmm. If VAR is going to be effective. <laughs> you know my thoughts on this thing. <laughs> I know, I know. So VAR for VAR to be effective, VAR has to be black and white. There can't be any grey. Uh, we went we went through this in rugby league. Toby and I always compare VAR and the fucking bunker and all of these things, and they kept trying to make grey areas and grey plays and, and make it up to the person who's in the box. If it's going to be successful, it needs to be black and white. And if that decision is black and white, VAR won't give it. If it was given a goal, they would say that there is some contact or some shirt pull. You can't be asking someone to make a decision on a camera whether it's enough to to pull them down. What are your uh, What are your thoughts, Tez? VAR. Yeah, look, I'm, uh, I'll go in. Look, so Anthony Taylor was the ref. I just couldn't think of his name. I was thinking Ashley Taylor, but anyway, cunty McCunt face of blue <laughs> um, because he fucked it up. Look. Uh, this is where people have got to be careful, okay? Because, uh, and obviously we'll get to there was another late goal or late, late, uh, 90-something minutes. So anyway, what I'm going to get at, though, is be careful what you wish for because if the VAR's in, okay, we probably would have won that game, I, I would nearly think, 4-0. Um, if you counted the Ramsey goal, the two goals, and then the, the one at the very end. Yep. Um... <sighs> Look, be careful what you wish for because today, yes, we would have won that game 4-0 on VAR, but you look back at other games and you may have lost lost some 2-0, whatnot, 1-0, you know, whatever. I prefer the referee out in the front. If he's, if he's going to affiliate the game, affiliate it and, and you know, ref the referee the game. I don't see... The point in it, look, and it's here, it's here, regardless. But I can guarantee you next season, all these podcasts, Arsenal podcasts, all the football podcasts, you watch how many discussions you'll be talking about VAR and you watch how many fuck-ups everybody be talking about. Oh, fuck, the VAR got that wrong. Destroyed Rugby League, currently destroying Rugby Union. You know, care for what you wish for. For me, referee errors, offsides going for you, offsides going against you, all of those things are just part of the game. They're just part of things that happen in the world of football. And I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive about there being a time when we have to rely on someone, you know, for, for decisions elsewhere. It's, it's a sore point for me. It's a sore spot for me because, you know, the other sports games that I follow have been destroyed by it. 
you know, and I wonder how the fuck VAR is going to work. Like, where are they going to draw the line? How far back are they going to play? You know, when when does something become active play? Yeah, and, my, and the problem you've got is how much money are you going to throw into cameras? How many angles can you go? And then you're still back to the fact that you're relying on humans to still say yes or no. If they're going to bring it in, I just think that there should only be one case they bring it in for, and it's for direct scored goals. For when a goal is scored or when there's a penalty in contention, if they just stopped it at those, I'd be happy with it. I really don't want to see VAR come in for offside or for marginal offside. I think that unless it's blatant, VAR shouldn't be able to call against it. I don't know whether you're going to end up in like a, if the linesman sends it up as offside, then the the VAR has to be able to prove unequivocally that it was an offside a la rugby league and sending it up as a try or not. You know, it's... For me, it's a it's a really fishy, really slippery slope, and I think there's a lot of people calling for VAR who haven't experienced it that much in other sports who by the quarter period of next season are going to be foaming at the fucking mouths. Oh, absolutely, mate. And, and look, you know, and like I said, next season we're going to have exactly that. And you look at the Champions League games that, um, sorry, my phone is going off. It's fucking Richter. It's all right. <laughs> but um, it's all good. Um yeah, so you look at the Champions League game. Uh, was it last round or the round before? With the, it was pretty much most games were decided by VAR. Now, out of them games, the discussions were: Did VAR get it wrong or right? <laughs> it's it's just something. And uh, look, to close it off, Tez, it's just something that I don't think football needs. I like football just the way it is. It's not fucking broken. It's been this way forever. Contentious decisions. By the end of the season, they always even themselves out. You're going to get a couple. You're going to miss a couple. And I understand people saying, oh, I don't want to lose on this. Or I don't want to lose on that. Well, fucking FA Cup, Sanchez, it's a fucking handball all day, every day. And we go and do Chelsea. So when fucking VAR comes in, you can say goodbye to that FA Cup. Careful what you wish for. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, mate, after Ramsey's non-goal, mm-hmm. Ramsey goal. Yeah. I mean, delicious. Um, little flick from Ramsey through to Lacquer. Quite lucky the way it comes back to, to Ramsey, but he just kind of, like a like a, a gentle lover, stroked it deep into the bottom corner. Oh, mate, it was brilliant to fucking watch. And, and Ramsey at his best. Um, Lacazette had a really good game too, I thought. And it was, look, you know, he, he started the little little tap over to Lacazette and Lacazette tapped it back and just, oh, it was just precise, wasn't it? It wasn't, wasn't a big strike. It was just a lovely little roll in. I think it hit the corner po- on the, the the post and just roll in. And, and, and that's the Ramsey that I think, fucking hell, like, why are we letting him go? <laughs> and he'd been dogged before that as well. You know, he'd been tackling... My issues with Ramsey for a long time in the in the Arsene Wenger era was, what was always that I thought that he was a number eight. I always thought he was a central midfielder, but I hated his lack of discipline. The last two times he's played there, he's played at like arguably what he should have been, one of the best number eights in Premier League history. He's really, really gone and fucked me, Tez. He's really gone and fucked me for, <laughs> for yeah. telling him to go and saying I wouldn't give a fuck when he leaves. I'm not going to shed a mountain of tears for him, but fuck me, I wish he had been this 
earlier? Well, I think, uh, you know, and I, I don't know whether it's the, you know, you look at the managers, um, you know, where Wenger seemed to get the best out of Ramsey. Uh, you know, for some a, people. For a season. Yeah, for, that's what I was just about to say. For, for a, you know, it was consistency was always Ramsey's biggest fault. And uh, he's a runner. He, he, he runs into them holes and he's, and he's, that's just the way Ramsey plays. He's, you know, when you compare, you know, and I don't want to compare players, but if you're looking at a Granite Shacker and a and a Ramsey, well, they're just two different players. Like Granite, will, you know, he'll 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 set up the plays and and get the through balls and pass the ball around. And want, where Ramsey will run into them holes, and he just what he does is I I don't think there's another Ramsey out there for what Ramsey offers on the field. I actually think that the the purchase by his new club is an indicator of that. Mm, yeah. There's not there's not a lot it's of guys either. out there with a big engine who can score goals, who can get up and down. And look, I'm not going to start fucking noshing the Ramsey cock because it goes against so much of what I've said over the last few years. And like I said at the top of the show, I question his motives for doing it now, now that he's leaving. So I'm not going to say that I'm going to cry for Ramsey. I'm going to say I might shed a tear for what Ramsey could have been if he had been coached properly or managed properly. And maybe the person who really needs to be looked at here is someone like Arsene Wenger who just rubbed his balls and told him, you know, go out and express yourself. And what he needed was someone like Embry saying, you won't play unless you compete within these types of systems. Well, look, I might get a bit of criticism here, mate, but I'm actually... You know, we're, and it's easy to say this when we're on, when we're sitting third on the ladder. But I've seen probably at least four to five players play better this season. And I don't want to compare last season, but but I think Emery's got the better, the best out of these players. And yeah, I, I you know you've got to you've got to say hats off to the bloke because that's what he said he was going to do he, he, when he come in. He he was big on video. He was big on, um, you know, one-on-one, uh, getting the best out of these players. And Granite Shacker, uh, mate, he's having the season of his life. And, and I think he's te- he's tested players' chins. Yeah. I think it's something Wenger didn't do for a long time. We've spoken about this on so many podcasts. With Arsene Wenger, you knew the 11 that we're going to play. Even when they were coming back from injury, you knew the 11 that mate, we're going to play. we knew the substitutes. We you, yeah, knew when could, and who. Yeah, you knew who, when, 65th minute, Walcott off, someone on. You know, next minute, Coquelin off, defensive midfielder on. You know, it, it was all to the clock. And, and now we, we've got this fucking tinker man, mm. tinker man of a manager who's willing to just change things and do things. I mean, one of our podcast episodes was titled Giant Elephant Donkey Cock Balls. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Mike. You can't see out there, <laughs> you know, and, and I, we, thought, I thought I was fucking out there, but Jesus Christ. No, mate. We're, we're fucked down oh, here in Melbourne. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold, mate. It's cold down here. We're all fucked yeah. up. That's it. Just, just, for, just for those who are listening that aren't in Australia and wondering where fucking Melbourne is, it's in the cunt of the place. You don't ever <laughs> want to go to Melbourne. <laughs> Greatest city on the planet, mate. 
greatest city on the planet, except for fucking AFL. Worst game game on the planet, mate, but we're surrounded by all of them. Uh, Hello to all our Melbourne listeners. Uh, Your national sport is fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, No, but, mate, look, I just, uh, Ramsey, we're going to miss him, I think, you know. We are, we are. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, we're not going to miss Ramsey. We're going to miss a player with Ramsey's attributes. And so I hope that the fact that we are losing him on a free, I hope that we have a fucking plan in place to replace him with someone who's going to be able to bring us that skill set because that skill set has been really important, especially in big games. And that's the one thing I will just, just... you know, doth my cap to Ramsey for. That motherfucker loves a goal and he loves a big game and he loves the limelight. Mate, we, we discussed, the, you know, obviously the replacement of Ramsey and people on Twitter and I see all the Arsenal people, who are we going to replace him with? They're coming up with names. I tell you, mate, I, I, I fucking struggled. I, I, I could not think of one player who is a replacement, direct replacement for Ramsey. I, I was put on the spot on my show and I went off the show and fucking done a bit of research and thought, okay, who 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 is this bloke? Who And Tony and Schwinn, the other boys I, I record with, mate, I, there is, I can't think of a fucking direct replacement for Ramsey at the moment. It's a, you're not going to get it. It's no, not going to happen. We went through it. We went through it. Uh... Manny and I from um, Manny and Manny from Guns and Yellow Ribbons and I did like a, a, a like what's the fucking thing? Come on, brain! Like a love shag marry, except we did like a lone sell lone squad podcast a little yep, while yep. ago, and we couldn't come up with someone as a direct replacement. You know, we were thinking, you know, along the lines of Decore guys like that. They're, they're going to give you that box to boxness. It's not really a word, but I'm going to fucking say it anyway. They'll give you that fucking box-to-boxness, but you're not going to have the end product at the end of it. You're not going to have 10 goals a season at the end of it. We can get bits of players and different parts of players, but I think the thing that's going to end up being... This is the most amount of praise I've ever given Ramsey, so apologies to all of my Ramsey-hating brethren, but I think it's going to be very hard to replace this Ramsey, not to replace the old Ramsey, but to replace this Ramsey, the Ramsey that's been playing right now, because he kind of does a bit of everything. No, I just, I, I like I said, I can't think of a replacement. I just, I don't know what they'll do. Mate, Lacazette on the spin, fucking cunts one, cleared off the line by Matt Ritchie. What a clearance. Yeah, yeah, mate. I think Lacazette, for me, was, geez, he was close to my man of the match, but he, he I thought he was good. Lacazette, he, he was everywhere. He's always good and fucking needs. Hang on, good. he's not fucking always good. Don't get on this Lacazette being. No, no, no. I've, I've, Toby and I have been downscoring him lately in our in our three two ones now one two threes, and people have been jumping all over us yep. because we've been saying you have primary roles, secondary roles, and tertiary roles. And the issue with Lacazette over the last couple of months is he hasn't been achieving his primary role, which is to score goals. Fuck, he needed a goal. And he got one, and at the right time for him to get one. But I completely agree with you. Look, Lacazette always gives you hard work. Lacazette always gives you endeavor. He gives you link-up play. He backs into people with his big old ass and just moves them around. But without goals, I don't know that you can call someone a world-class striker. It's um, 
We were talking about it the other day with regards to Emil Heskey. Michael Owen came out and said Emil Heskey was the most important player for his career in both Liverpool and England. Mm-hmm. Heskey's figures, like his stats, are not fantastic. So why is Heskey not considered to be you know, a, a world-class striker or not considered to be someone really high in the echelons of striker? The simple fact of the matter is because he didn't have the goal return. I would say a similar thing about Oli Giroud. You know, a really, really fantastic player, a player who linked the ball up and was involved in great moves, but never had the goal return. Until you are a 20-plus goal-a-year striker regularly, I don't think you can be part of the elite. Uh, no, nah, look, uh, yeah, look, I agree. Uh, Giroud offers you a different dimension of style of play um, as opposed to when you're looking at Lacazette. Lacazette, need, I, I think he needs somebody with him. He, as you say, look, he drops back deep. He likes to, um, uh, he's not your out and out, you know, striker. No, he's a nine and a half. Yang. He's I, a nine and a half. I, I, well, what, we've all, I've often thought, I wonder whether he could play a 10. <laughs> Tez, I've said this on the podcast several times. I've been like, why not give him a run at 10? I think he's a, he's a modern day second striker. He's Absolutely, got pretty good yeah, feet. Yeah. He plays good balls. Why not give him a run at 10? I th- I've said for fucking weeks, months, years even, Tez, mm. decades, before he even signed for Arsenal, I said play him at 10. Well, I, mate, I, I, I can't see it not working. I, I just think what he, he's an important, he's a very important player for any team, right? But he ne- always, I feel he always needs that ability and obviously we've got the two of them, but Aubameyang up front. And even if we didn't have an Aubameyang, I'd say, well, he needs a striker up front. Um, he needs because, someone to run the channels for him because yeah, he, doesn't, the channels, he, doesn't he doesn't run, run the channels. Run, he doesn't yeah. run the channels. No. Mate, halftime. We, we kind of, end of halftime, I was almost not worried that Newcastle were, were going to score, but I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to score again for some reason, that it was going to be, that it was going to be really, really hairy for us. And I was calling for Aubameyang to come on, and Emery delivered, brought him on, pulled Awobi off, who we've kind of touched it already. He didn't have a bad day, Awobi. He ran around a lot, plenty of energy, but it didn't really come off for him, did it? I I would have started Aubameyang. I... I, I'm just not a fan of Awobi, I'm sorry. Like, this is the Arsenal... This isn't Newcastle United. A Wobie for me starts every day of the week for Newcastle United. You don't I, think he's a top six player? I don't think he's... Mate, he's not in my top fucking 100. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to say, but when you're talking the Arsenal and the Wobie, I just... Mate, he's just not there for me. Like, I think there's two types of a Wobie to look at. The actual a Wobie and the potential of a Wobi. And I think one of the issues with Arsenal fans is they look too much at potential and don't look at actual current ability. You've got to look at now and you've got to look at today on the pitch. And people will say, oh, they'll give you some stats on, you know, and, and the Urzel lovers will do exactly the same. Oh, but fuck, have you seen the stats? Well, mate, I, I haven't seen the stats. I watched the fucking player run around like a headless chook once again. No finished product. Cross balls rolling around all over the fucking joint. Stepovers that go nowhere. Oh, mate, it just, it's, it's, it's frustrating to watch. And when you're talking the Arsenal, oh, mate, I want the fucking best of the best there. And if we're not going to get the best of the best, well, I want somebody 
who is at that level of, and especially when you've got... So, Tez, it comes down to you would be happy to have him as an option, happy to have him as a a 20-game-a-year player in the squad, but we need to buy someone of a higher level to start games for the Arsenal. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think that's where the fan base gets all fucked up. Anytime anyone says anything about a Wobi, fucking the Twitter sphere goes mental, starts calling us all fucking cunts, right? Just because we've said he's had a bad game or he's, you know, he's he's not been fantastic today. And I think there's just an ongoing ongoing fucking narrative of people now who are so obsessed with what his potential is that they're a lot of the time blinded to criticize him for his output now. You know, it's Mate, it's 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 look, and I'll fucking give you a a scenario for next season. And I'm only going off what the fans are telling me, right? I fucking gave up talking after cunts. But <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they love a Wobi, right? They want Lacazette. He's the best of the best. Lacazette can do no wrong. Now they're looking at Reese Nelson. So are you telling me the Arsenal front line, according to fans next season, is going to be Reese Nelson, Lacazette, and a Wobi? I'm not sold. I'm not 100% sold on Reese Nelson. He went over to Germany. He's played a handful of good games, scored some goals early, had some disciplinary issues, which you know you expect from a young man going to a new country. Um, I, if people think that he's going to be some kind of a saviour or some kind of a, a, a starting magician for Arsenal, if that's the level that people are looking at, then we're going to be in this same shit fight next year for top four. That can't be the level. The level has to be higher than that. And if you're going to bring back a Reese Nelson, you're going to be bringing him back as a 20-25 game a year substitute who plays in cups. Mate, I, would, I just wish people would get off FIFA and go on, oh, fuck, but he's good on FIFA because that's where... I don't know where they get their opinion from. Look, Reese Nelson has been good. Don't get me wrong. He's been good... He'll be better if he stays in Germany for another year and keeps playing with men Mate, and I, does it again for another year. I'm then you'll bring back a complete player. I'm happy for him to come back to the Arsenal, but not as my number one winger. No, 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 no. I, Especially I've, when got I've got a, a Wobie on the other side and I've got a, a Lacazette in the middle because, fuck me, that's, that's our best we've got. <laughs> How's this for a scenario for you, Tez? Next year, let's just throw out this idea, this concept, right? So we are in some way able to move Mesut on. Not starting a fucking Mesut conversation. I've had mm-hmm. it too many times. Everyone who listens understands and knows my my sentiments towards old bug eyes, right? Mm-hmm. But let's just say we find a way to move Mesut on. We don't have Ramsey, right? In that case, we're probably keeping Mkhitaryan. We cannot go into next season. And, and Mkhitaryan's done really well. He's probably been our player of the month for the previous month. Mm. right? But we can't go into next year with wingers that are only Mkhitaryan, Awobi, and Reese Nelson. Oh, mate, that's my that's point. That's not going to get you point. anywhere fucking near the top four, especially once you start taking what Ramsey has been able to give us in the last couple of months out you've got big holes. And I think you're talking about a hundred million, a hundred and twenty million pound hole for a number ten and a winger. So we're we're in trouble with that. And I think people need to kind of consider thinking with their heads 
and not thinking with their hearts. Yes, we all want Reese Nelson to achieve. Yes, we all want Awobi to achieve. But they are not ready-made first-team players. We need to go and buy some ready-made first-team players and feed these guys underneath them to be ready in two or three years. Mate, I, look, and I'm just going to throw it. I don't know what their budgets are and whatnot, but Herving, Herving Lozano um, plays in the Dutch League. Now, mate, he was my pick of the World Cup as a young young player coming through. And I don't care what he costs, but he's the type of winger that I think we need at Arsenal. Um, he's probably 20, 22, something like that. Um, 23, around that. So, you know, I'm thinking around the 50 mil. Well, 65 million got us Aubameyang. Yeah. And people said we didn't need him when we bought him. They thought that the business was crazy. How can you buy a 65 million pound striker six months after you buy a 55 million pound striker? And to all those people, I say, shut the fuck up. I'd be more confident going in the next season with with a Herving Lasagna then uh, I have you say his fucking name. What is it? Irving? Irving? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, um, Tess, mate. his name is Irving Lasagna and it will never be anything different. <laughs> my, my pronunciations of names might have completely <laughs> fucked. But anyway, um, but, but you know, I'd rather be going into next season with him with him there rather than an Awobi and a Reese Nelson at me, as me wingers. I agree with you. I think it is the most important business that Arsenal have to do in the summer. The most important business is to go and get some kind of world-class wingers into the team. And if we can have world-class wingers and we can have people like Reese Nelson and like Awobi in the squad and feeding in and playing cups and coming off the bench for impact, happy fucking days. But we need to address making sure that our first 11 is a top four first 11. That's the first thing that we need to do. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Fuck, Ted, you're fucking driving us all offside. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Making me say I like things about Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's actually different sitting this side of the fence, as you know. I host my show, so it's good just sitting back here. Do, mate. It's actually two weeks in a row we've had a host on host. Me and Fergus did one last week, and. You know, we we both kind of hosted the show. It's it's different because for us, we're so used to steering the conversation. And then all of a sudden, Tez, you got to have opinions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, where to now, mate? Uh, other interesting things I thought happened. AMN uh, went down with what looked like a calf and signaled to the bench that he was done, but finished the game. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. No. When he sat down on the floor, he made that like uh, that hand motion. That's like it's gone. You know, like when you pull like you're pulling a fucking rubber band yeah he made that motion and then went to the side and I, so i wrote down my note mains and nulls is gone that's a calf he finished off the guy yeah thought it was really fucking weird that you would make a, a signal to the bench to say you were cooked and then get finished so i i just wonder whether or not we might not see him next week or whether it was you know a cork or something like that <laughs> we should probably talk about the filthy filthy fucking goal from lacazette to make it 2-0. Mate, yeah, look, as I've said, Lacazette, I've, I've, I've praised him this game. He, he really was good. He was outstanding. Filthy, yeah. Filthy finish. Yeah, it's what can you say? And that's what we want to see from a Lacazette week in, week out. And Aubameyang winning a header. He should get a fucking medal for that because he doesn't win many. Well, well, that's the difference between an Awobi and an Aubameyang on the pitch. If, and if, you know, if an Awobi was on there, he'd fuck that all up. 
But oh, Bamiang was good when he, he came brilliant. on. He, 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 inje- he injected, and Toby and I have been saying for a long time, we actually quite like Aubameyang off the bench. 60 minutes, you let someone like Lacazette go out there and bash everyone for the game and run their tanks dry. And you bring someone on with that much electricity and that kind of pace, and he's going to stroke. He is really going to trouble him. And their keeper had a fucking blinder as well. I like Aubameyang off the pitch as well, but but mate, I like. I like to be going into a half time against Newcastle United two or three nil, yeah. and look, it, it probably could have been that that goal with Ramsey disallowed. It would have been a two nil going into half time. So it's it's top hard to complain about it. But yeah, Abamyang was great. I thought he was great. Uh, lovely ball to lovely lovely header back to Lacazette. Um, Lacazette just just did what he did and had to just had filthy. To fit. Just lifted yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and and like I said earlier in the show, he really needed it, Tess. He Absolutely. really needed yeah. it. He, he needed it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't start scoring goals, we've got seven games left. So one down, seven to go. We've got seven games for glory. How many has right? he scored this season? Uh, I think Lacazette scored about seventeen or eighteen in all competitions. I'll, I'll okay. look it up. It it might be less. Yeah, no, it's just just out of interest. Yeah, somebody will probably def- tell I'm us. I'm pretty sure it's definitely less than twenty. I think Aubameyang scored about twenty-one. I've got a feeling Lacazette's around the around the fifteen. 15 mark. He could have had another one, Tez, but it got disallowed for, again, a really soft fucking foul on the keeper. I, that, that, once again, mate, I just think the referee was completely fucked. I, I don't know what he just... <laughs> I don't know what the cunt was on. Like, I taught myself, like, what the fuck? What did they pull that out back for? I don't, don't get it. But he had another strike, too, just before that. Remember, he... Um, uh, the the ball come in, back to... Uh, what did it go to Ozil back into the centre, and then... Uh, who was that? Must have been Klozenac to Lacazette, and he 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 done the the, the one eighty and the hit, and I thought that was a brilliant hit, and it was saved by a good goalkeeper. But um, but mate, he, he was good. He, he was good yesterday, Lacazette. I thought he was everywhere and, and did what what we expected of Lacazette to do. Just- Seven more games to go, Tez. Seven more games to go. You're a betting man. I know you are, Tez. I know you don't mind a punt down the TAB. <laughs> 16 hours Saturday, mate. Straight betting. I had, a fucking, I had Saturday at Rose Hill and then Dubai Cup that night. It was a big day. <laughs> Tez, if you were going to bet day. some of your hard-earned cash right now, I mean, let's go a big bet. Let's put mm. a big bet on, right? You've got to put 10000 of your hard-earned dollars on Arsenal to make the top four or Arsenal not to make the top four? Mate, look, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at games. I'm thinking we've got Everton. That's a maybe. Uh, Watford, I'm very, pretty confident there. Crystal Palace, Wolves, Leicester, Brighton, Burnley. Look, I'm, I'm pretty confident the top four finishes there. The one that scares me is Burnley on the last day. If they're fighting for not to get relegated, that's going to be a tough Wolves are the game. one that scare me. Wolves at, Wolves at yeah. home, they're hard. Yeah. They're Everton hard. have actually Everton have actually found a little bit of form as well. Yeah, so look, I'm thinking we dropped six points. I'm still thinking Spurs have got they got a City, I think, and they've got maybe City. Chelsea. I think they've got City and Chelsea or City and Man U. So they're going to drop. I'm thinking they drop six points. We if, if, so I had us dropping five from from the eight games. Right, I had us dropping. A point at Everton, a point at Leicester, and mm-hmm. three points at Wolves. And Leicester. that was my that was my worst case scenario. I was like, this is the worst case. I think we'll drop that. I think I had everyone else dropping more than that. 
you know, Man U still have two two top four teams to play. Uh, Tottenham, I think, still have two top four teams to play. Uh, or a lot of people are playing Everton. A lot of people are playing Wolves, and a lot of people are playing West Ham. Those are the three mid-table teams that are going to have a lot to say about what happens and what doesn't happen. But I mean, money where your mouth is, Tez. Money where your mouth. Well, is I, right look, now. I, I don't like. I put, I put, I'd put ten on ten grand that Arsenal finish the top four. Yeah. Uh, my only problem is Wolves because you do realise. I think we've played about five games against Wolves. They've beaten us twice. We've drew twice as well and lost. And they lost the one. So it was you know what makes me feel better about Wolves? They've been very, very good away from home this year, Wolves, because they play on the counter-attack and teams come at them. Mm. They've not been fantastic at home. And I've got a funny feeling that Emery is smart enough to maybe it, Emery's such a tactician, he, he sets up for every game. I think he might be smart enough to sit there and tell Arsenal just to sit back and let Wolves come at them, because Wolves aren't a fantastic mm. front foot team. So I, I, I don't know. I, to, no, no, to, maybe, to, to put it basically, I am confident in Emery that Emery will look at these last seven games and that he will create a, a tactical, technical outlay for each team on their merits. That's the thing that's got me feeling most, most connected. Remember, to remember the last the game we sat back though. Was it? Was it? Um, who was that? Brighton or somebody? Yeah, we were fucking awful. Mm, I don't like yeah. sitting back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's your ten grand, not mine. So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days, mate. Uh, have a gamble. Ted's three, two, ones, one, two, three. So we do it every week. We give three points to our best player, two points for the second best player, one point to the third best player. Mm-hmm. And then we give negative points, so negative one, negative two, and negative three to the person who's been crap. It's always harder to do this in a winning team. So sometimes you have to get a little bit creative. But uh, Tez, three points, man of the match. Who did you have and why? <sighs> Look, uh, uh, this is going to be a tough one because... Uh, Newcastle United, they had one shot on target. I might have had two. No, it was one one shot on target and two shots. So I think to myself, I've got to look at... I look at our back line. They were pretty good, Mustafi, Socrates. They were pretty good. And Mustafi, we all know, every every Arsenal fan who watches Arsenal week in, week out, know Mustafi can have his brain fart fucking moments. <laughs> <laughs> On the other flip of the coin is Lacazette. I, I thought, you know, he got the goal. Um, he was he was good. He threatened. Uh, so I've, I've got to give it to Lacazette, mate, the three points. Tezza, I'm with you. I gave Lacazette my three points. Primary role, achieved, scored his goal, bullied Newcastle, worked his fucking hole off. Yeah, yeah. He gets and he needed much. it. And he fucking needed it. And I think that it's the best thing for the team right now to have Lacazette firing because he's been off for a month and he, uh, hopefully he's going to peak towards the end of the season and, and score some goals. Tezza, two points. Who did you have and why? I've just wrapped the defence, but <laughs> I'm also going to wrap Ramsey. I, I think Ramsey gets my two points. He was, he was brilliant. I, I liked everything he did. Um, you know, when you, you're talking one disallowed goal, one goal, maybe it should have been two goals to Ramsey. Um, I think he, he, he gets my two points. Tez, again, I'm with you, mate. 
two points for Ramsey. Uh, for me, as much to do with his discipline as a central midfielder as what he did going forward. Um, I've, he, he's really, really fucking me up at the moment. I've spent three years calling him shit. And now I've spent six months of this season saying I'm not going to shed a tear when he goes. And he's he's doing the job that he's he's set out to do. He's set out to make us miss him, and he's he's doing that job well. And as much as that kind of makes me want to give him the middle finger and tell him to go fuck himself, if he delivers us top three, when he leaves, I'll fucking shake his hand, give him a kiss, and send him on his way, mate. Yeah, no, no, he's easy. He's good yesterday, and he's been good. Though for it would be fucking rounds. nice if he left us twenty-five million pound. <laughs> It'd be very nice. <laughs> reach into your reach into your pocket, Aaron. <laughs> fucking reparations, mate, for you being an injured cunt your whole life. <laughs> what are you now? One point. One point, Tess. Who'd you have? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Mustafi. I thought he was good. Really? Yeah, I thought he was. No, good. I thought he was all um, right. He was all right. Go, no, look, tell me why. Tell me why it yeah. is. Well, you, look, and people who watch Mustafi, like I said, he, he does have the, the Mustafi moments. But, look, he was he was good. He, and, and when you look at we kept the clean sheet, we kept them from 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 even taking shots. So they, they didn't – I don't think they threatened all game. I, I, I just don't remember Newcastle United, even their set pieces. They, they weren't threatening the whole game. Um, and He's I, still a divey fucking wanker for me. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, but you know, like well, I've just looked at Jules one. He, he eight Jules one. Like yeah, he just. I think he was pretty good. I think he was pretty good. So one. Tez, point. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the other side of the three. I'm going to go with a point for Monreal. I thought he was really good, really combative. Um, he he, his career can only be extended by playing a central defensive position in a three now. Um, I just think he's such a pro, such a professional, um, and just really does everything that you want a player to do. And for me, you know, he's, he's Monreal's someone who's never really talked about in the leadership group. He's never really talked about as a captain. You know, you see the armband go to Ozil, which fucking boggles the mind, you know, and obviously the armband went to Ramsey today and, you know, he's leaving, but... You know, he. I guess he proved it on the pitch. He went out and led the team. But for me, Monreal is just such a consistent performer. And the thing I think, the thing I think is really interesting about it is there was a period this year when people were saying he's done, he's physically done, he's not able to play at the pace anymore. We need to lose him next season. And right now, I'm looking and going, well, fuck it. We got a lot of people to buy in the new season. We've spoken about it. The the wide players that we need, the wingers that we need, the number ten replacement. That we're probably going to need. And I just look at it and say, well, maybe I give Monreal a one-year extension, you know, along with Koscielny as well, and we we float that ship just for a little bit. But one point to Mustafi. Monreal. Oh, fuck, one point to Monreal. I fuck think... Mustafi, <laughs> divey wanker. He's off next next year, Monreal. I don't think it's confirmed yet. There was talk of a contract extension, then there was talk of him going. So mm. I don't think it's it's official We've heard both sides of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where are we now? Three points for the... the negative points, negative Tess. Points. We negative. start with negative one. We finish with your, your your shittest player of the game. So negative one, your third 
worst, mm. third least shit. No, third shit is player. Hard. Third Fucking shit is player. Negative points are hard every week, Tez. Toby and I struggle. So sometimes we do it so based more, on more it. So one am I given this? This isn't this is, the top one. This isn't your this isn't your your shittest cunt. This is your third shittest fucking person. Okay, look, it's it's so hard to do. Um, it really is. Um, <laughs> I'd like to say El Nenny, but he come off the bench, so it's very hard because he didn't start. But El Nenny, you can give El, you can give El Nenny a negative one. We don't judge people on just, amount of time on the pitch. We often judge people on. We often judge people on effectiveness and whether they actually achieved their primary well, he, well, role. Well, he come off the bench. So what did El Nenny come on to do? He came on to shore up the defence. He, he come on to shore up the defence, which I suppose he did that. Um, so it's hard to fucking... I'm just looking at who else it was, El Nenny. I'm going to say Monreal. Fuck you. <laughs> Where'd you uh, fail? Explain, explain yourself, Tez. After my fucking monologue about loving him and extending him for a year, I'll just I, I take was, this look, fucking I, knife out of him between my shoulder blades. I was looking at I was looking at him before that and I was trying to think, oh, fuck, he's just giving him a rap and I'm going to give him a fucking negative one. Fuck you, mate. It's just because my football team beat your football team on the weekend. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, look, uh, look, Monreal for me, he's... he's, he's and it's very hard. Like I'll give him a negative one. Uh, yes, he got that yellow card. Was it a yellow card? No, it wasn't. So that's not the reason. <laughs> I, but just basically, I think he's he's just not up to the standard that he was last season. Um, nothing against Monreal. I like Monreal, but he just doesn't shore me up enough. Like. He seems to, to run over top of um, the closing that shop up, up in front of him there. And I just, for me, I uh, just, uh, it's, it's, to be honest, it's not much of a reason. I just, you've got to, I've got to find someone to get You've got to find one. someone to do it, mate. <laughs> Tez, op- opinions are like assholes, and you're definitely one. <laughs> mate, I, <laughs> mate, I gave my negative one to a Wobi. I didn't want to find bigger negative points for him because I thought that he worked pretty fucking hard, but I gave a negative one to Awobi. I'm sure people are going to come at me because whenever I say anything bad about Awobi, people crack it. It's not me shitting on him. It's not me saying he's shit. I just didn't think that he had a game that represented a player that we could run into next season and be confident about. Okay, fair enough. Um, what, negative two now? Negative two, Tez. Maitland-Niles. I don't think he was that good. Um, he's, he's not the Maitland-Niles we've seen in the last couple weeks. People seem to have a stiffy on Maitland-Niles. They seem to think he's the biggest thing since life's bred. Like, I've, got, I've got a hard-on for again, AMN, mate. Uh, he, he's, I like he, a bit of AMN. <laughs> I like him too. I like him too. I like what he offers. But the poor bugger has chopped and changed around positions for the last two years now. So it's it's very hard. Like he played right wing back like yesterday. The fear is with AMN that he's going to become a utility player. He's going to become a, a you know a James Milner. Not that James Milner isn't a fantastic player and has had an illustrious career, but it, the fear is that he's is he a right winger? Is he a right wing back? His position throughout most of his under twenty ones time at Arsenal was as a central midfielder. 
Look, Tez, fair enough. Negative two for AMN from you. I, I didn't I didn't have AMN in my positives. I didn't have him in my negatives. I thought, as usual, he showed a couple of flashes of brilliance and some decent balls in. But, you know, I had him around that, that six out of ten mark as well. Mate, for me, I had a negative two for Genduzzi. Predominantly because of his first half. He's, he wasn't fantastic in the first half. He... he the funny thing is one of his best attributes is turning into one of his worst attributes. And that that attribute is his willingness to be comfortable on the ball and turn his back to goal and turn his back to the defender and back himself to be able to shift it, turn a corner and release the ball. But in the last few weeks, he actually hasn't played a lot in the last few weeks, but prior to that and coming back today, he has a tendency to look insecure on the ball, he, he is a little bit lightweight. He's a work in progress. Negative two for me for Gendouzi. Well, he's just a bit fresh and young, isn't it? Gendouzi, that's his biggest biggest enemy. And and his who, biggest who enemy ever would have his, thought whoever well, would have thought he was going to play this much. Absolutely, mate. And his biggest enemy is himself because he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's I do like Gendouzi, um, but my biggest problem with Gendouzi is he does seem to run around like headless chook at times. And just pass the ball side to side and goes nowhere. And and people will notice, like, um, and people probably know if they're listening to you, um, <laughs> and they listen to me, they they know that I'm a big Granite fan. But and you really know notice when Granite's not in that team. There's no go forward. And I I go up and down with Granite. I, I go up and down with him. Occasionally, he makes me think he's a world class player. Occasionally, he makes me think he's a f- Fucking testicle. <laughs> Look, but, Gendou- yeah, like Gendou- there's no doubt that there is, if we talk about players at their best, so if we talk about Genduzi at his best and Xhaka at his best, Xhaka at his best is still quite far superior to Genduzi. Genduzi's ceiling and his potential is so far above Granite Xhaka. Uh, I mean, Genduzi's ceiling, I think, is is pretty far above any 19-year-old central midfielder in the world at the moment. That's how big a rap I've got on the kid. Mm, no, he's, he's good. He's, he's one definitely one for the future. And he's got big fucking nuts, Tez, and I love a young kid with big fucking nuts. Yeah, mate. No, look, he, like I said, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, he gives gives his all each week. I, I can't knock Wendoozy. I couldn't put him in my minuses at all. I couldn't put him on my pluses. He, he was there. He didn't... You know, he, done, he had he done a much better job. second half. He had a much be- better second half. He grew into the game. And he has actually done that throughout most of this season. I think he's a. I think he has a tendency to be a little bit of a slow starter and to build into games, which you'd expect from a, a 19-year-old. Tezza, negative three. Who did you have? <laughs> um, look, I've spoke about him throughout this fucking podcast and, mate, dead set. If this bloke fell into a barrel full of tits, he'd come out sucking his thumb, and that's a that's a wobie. He is fucking a waste of time. He, I just can't stand the bloke. Um, I just mate, there's no end product with a wobie. Like you don't get, you don't, you just don't get it. You you, he looks glimpses of brilliance, and you think, oh go go, and you can see the Lacazettes on you know up front and running the holes or a Bamiens and if. if but Bingham's on the field, and you think, pass the fucking thing now. 
No, he'll he'll just go that split second too long, and the thing will fall into shit for him. I know he's 22. I know he's young, and he's still got a lot to learn. But like I said, mate, Awobi does not make my top 100 youngsters coming through. So I, I don't think he was good at all yesterday. I I think he was probably our worst on the pitch. Um, if a if a Bemyang had started there, I reckon mate Newcastle we would have beat them by at least five or six yesterday, but uh, Awobi, like I said, he runs up that side. Klasinac runs runs past him, and he's fucking... He just doesn't... Uh, I don't know what his job is, Awobi. I, I don't know. I, I think a know. lot of it with Awobi is that he is so physically big. He is physically big enough to impose himself in the Premiership, and when he imposes himself physically, we all get a little bit of a hard-on because we see where the potential is. I've never is. got a fucking hard-on over uh, yeah, <laughs> Tez, like I said earlier in the show, I have I have done both this year. Mm. I'm not as hard-line on him as what you are, Tez, but, you know, as fans, we, we all have our opinions. We all go up and down with people. I don't love a Wobie as a starter. I've said that throughout this podcast. I've said that throughout this season. Not willing to write him off as a prospect, but I agree with you. He was in the bottom three players today. Funnily enough, my negative three Tez was for Kalasinac, and some of Kalasinac's poor performance. I wrote a tweet out saying some of it was actually down to Awobi being poor. And I think when you have an overlapping winger, when you're playing three at the back, and you have an overlapping winger, that relationship between the winger and the wide forward is so important. But Kalasinac had a mare. He and one of the things we've been talking about lately, we, we, I've especially been going through it a few times with the guys on the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast, but fucking shoot, son. Early in the year, he, he took a couple of opportunities. He took a couple of chances and he, he laced a few with his boots. Mm. He's got power. He just keeps getting into these positions. And sometimes I wonder now with Kalasnak if maybe he's become a bit predictable for defenders and his physicality is what negates that predictability because I think people think they're going to be able to push him wide and nudge him off the ball, but you can't fucking move a fridge. Everyone knows that, right? No, he's a big unit. Mm. But I think that if he doesn't start mixing it up and taking a couple of shots or or maybe changing the style of ball that he wants to play, because he always wants to play the, the ball that flashes across the face for the striker to tap in at the back post. Sometimes I want Kalasnak to either pull it back early to the penalty spot or maybe float one for a header. But for me, Kalasnak had a fucking mare. I, look, I see where you're coming from there, but I disagree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, Please please elaborate, Tez. Because, okay, so you've got Kalasnak running up the side and what he does, he does brilliantly. And he, he didn't do fuck all of it today, Tez. His job is to put the ball into a Bamyang or a Lacazette, whoever's in the middle. That's his job, and his job is to get the fuck back before we get the counter. And and that's the channel he runs. Now you want him to shoot more from the outside, uh, running up that side, mate. If he shoots, and that obviously it'll either one or two things. It'll go obviously in the goal, or it'll it'll create a, a counter attack for the other team very quickly. And where's Klasnach? He hasn't got the fitness. He hasn't got to get back. He's a big boy. In time, he's a big boy. So that for him to turn around and get back, he's the team. They're already gone. Mate. The counter's already happened, and they're gone past him. So I think 
I think his job is to, and I, I stand corrected too if, if I am wrong, his job is to go so far and your job is to get that ball into the middle for Bamiyang. You watch him when he plays, Bamiyang, Lacazette, and then you, I want you back. I want you get, going back, getting ready for the counter. Let the boys up front do it. And that's where I think, I think that's what his job is. I thought he did it well yesterday. I thought he defended okay, but I thought going forward he had a fucking mare. I thought that left side for us uh, broke down just constantly and was like like you said, had maybe an Aubameyang have been there or maybe... A, well, I think a, a Wobie was your weakness for me. Well, I mean, well, you gave him negative three and basically told him you were going to murder his whole family, so... Oh, mate, I've said it. I've, I've, <laughs> I wouldn't go to that point, but look, I've, I've said it a number of times on my show, mate, like... He's about as popular as a turd in a punch bowl for me. I just, <laughs> dead. I, just, it's just I don't know what sort of parties you're going to, Ted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. So that's couple of, couple of quick, couple of quick ones to finish off, Tez. First one. Yep. Neither of us found a way to get Meza Özil into our top three or our negative three, and somehow Sky Sports and most of my Facebook all gave this guy man of the match. Now, I will say this with with the least amount of fucking hatred going out into the world that I can, right? Mm. I refuse to fucking suck Mesut Ozil's cock down to the fucking shaft just because he did his job. For me, he had a 7 out of 10 performance. He played reasonably well. He got around. He chased back. That's it for me. I don't understand how well, he, all these people can he, be screaming man of the match and Sky Sports actually giving him man of the match over Lacazette, over Ramsey. Every time he runs around, people fucking nosh him off down to the ball sack. Mate, I'll jump on Twitter later and I can guarantee I'll have a couple of tweets at me going, um, uh, told you, Tez, told you he was fucking good. Now, the, the problem, look, I'm putting it down to Sky Sports it's a conspiracy theory. That's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> it's it's got to be a fucking narrative. And, and you know where the conspiracy theory is? Somebody over there is a Spurs fan and somebody wants Ozil in the team week in, week out. <laughs> so we'll give him the fucking man of the match. I just can't think of any other reason. So you're with me. You agree with me. Oh, he, absolutely, mate. I, he, but he didn't have a bad game. Didn't did have he? a bad he, game. He was all right. But you can't nosh a bloke off for doing his fucking job. Mate, he didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a good game. He was a player who was on the field, and Schwinn absolutely hammers me for this. But yep. he, he wasn't good. He wasn't brilliant. He wasn't bad. He, he didn't was, have direct effectiveness into the game. There were a couple of really nice, really cute Arsenal plays that came off him, which he has regularly. And do you know what? At the end of the day, even if he did have a, a – I'm making air quotation marks, right? Even if he did have a fucking good game, it's against Newcastle. Do it against a top four team, you can't. Well, he can't. That's the thing. There's no consistency with Urza. Like, and people will go, and you know what fucking shits me is people will go, oh, but that game wasn't designed for him. I don't He's... give a fuck if it's not designed for him. If you're playing Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea, fucking Man City, whoever you're playing, mate, you, I want you there. Week He's three hundred and fifty thousand oh, no. pounds a week. Oh. He's paid to be a talisman. Tell me when he's put in a talismanic performance in an important game. Well, I'll go one better. You think of the whole season and tell me what you remember for the season of Özil. Goal against Fulham, 
performance against Southampton. Um, there was, I, I yeah, I agree with you. Them ones, I can think of one magnificent ball, through ball. I think it might have been against. Was it Liverpool? Do you remember that magic ball that he put through? An what, when we played was, well against Liverpool, or when we got fucked? I think it was asked by Liverpool. I think it was the yeah. I think it was when we played well against. But I could be wrong on the total game. But it was a beautiful Mate, ball. I, I, I remember a couple of really nice. That there's this his goal on the counter attack. I think it's against Fulham. There's that chipped assist for Obama Yang, and there's another chipped assist against Southampton. That's it. His numbers don't add up to to anything, and I, was, I put it to you. I right. put it to you like this, Tez. I put it to you like this, right? Three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week gets you Hazard. Right? Yeah. Hazard has direct effect in every game to the point where he can pick Chelsea up and drag them to a victory single handedly. I look at players like De Bruyne, David Silva, uh, you know, who who both grab their teams and pick them up. Fuck it. I'll even mention the scum in this, right? I look at players like Harry Kane, right, who would be a, in, in any other team, in any other world, that Mong would be on £350,000 if he wasn't playing for the fucking spuds. He's able to actually, and I get it, it's a striker before anyone fucking jumps onto shittosphere and starts slagging me off, right? For that sort of money, to be a talisman for me, isn't to do three or four neat, tidy things in a game that look really pretty, that get people's dicks wet. For me, a talisman is someone who is able to take a game by the scruff of the neck, grab it by the balls, and drive their team forward to victory. I cannot think of one performance this year, maybe outside of his Fulham performance, and Fulham were bad, where Ozil has actually single-handedly been the man. I think Toby and I, so we've been doing three two ones and one two threes all year. I think collectively we've given Mesut Ozil three points twice. Yeah, look, and that's the thing with him. Like, and I, I don't look at it too much on what he's paid. Like, okay, I agree with you, he, he's paid too much. But at the end of the day, it's not my fucking money. So good luck to him. What I look at is the players like you mentioned just then. Do I see an Ozil... Where do you where does Ozil sit for you and then say oh but but then people will go oh but he created five hundred thousand fucking chances well did he he created if he, all these if chances, he's creating all these chances where are the goals where are the goals that he's created <laughs> shouldn't them chances created return oh, the, to us people would say to you Tez <laughs> that the people would say to you Tez that the players around him aren't good enough he's had Ozil uh, he's had fucking Obama Yang and Lacazette in front of him. All season. What was it last? And I game? would argue. I would argue that Ozil. I'm fucking Ozil. I would rather. The, the, I would argue. Get my teeth in. I would argue that Aubameyang and Lacazette are one of the deadliest front pairings since York and Cole. It might have been our last game or the one before. I just my my, my memory is like a fucking sieve. Too much alcohol. Um, <laughs> stop drinking. <laughs> stop drinking Bundy Tez. It's fucking acid. <laughs> good good shit, the old Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but somebody said to me there, there was a game, right, coming out. And so I think it might have been we got hammered. he come on. And they said, oh, but Ozil come on. He was on for 20 minutes and he created five chances. I said, oh, that's good. But how can he create five chances when we've only had three shots on fucking target? Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't I, know I, where I, these stats I, I fall question, into place. I question the statistics, and I question the way that those statistics. I question the way that those statistics are driven towards making pretty creative players look good. Oh mate, I I I watch a football as I see it, and I just think to myself, I, I don't see any brilliance. I he was good. Not last year, year before, was it? Might have been the year before that. Uh, there was one season where he was really good, but, but, you know, assists all over the place, and, and he was brilliant. But, His stats are down this year oh, heavily. Big time, big time. And, look, he hasn't played as... People will say that he hasn't played as many games. He hasn't started as many times. Sanchez isn't in the team and, and so on. But, uh, nah, I don't, I don't buy it, mate. <laughs> All right, then, Tez, on that note, we're going to finish up for the night. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, Tez is the host of one of my favorite podcasts. They're in my weekly rotation every week. It's the Clock End Podcast. He does it with Tony. He occasionally does it with Schwinn when he's in the country. Um, Get around them. You can listen to them on all good platforms. I listen to them on my iTunes account. They're a great weekly listen. Tez... Fantastic, mate. Loved having you. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on soon or I'll come see you on the clock end soon. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's been a pleasure and thank you for having me. And, um, mate, it's like I said, it's been good sitting this side of the table. Um, <laughs> Schwinn and Tony, it's, you know, they, they boys make it easy for me sitting back host, hosting the show. But, um, mate, it's been good sitting on this side of the microphone. So thank you for having me and absolutely, mate, we'll do it again. Two of the sweariest podcasts in the land. Come on, you Arsenal. See you guys next week. Thanks, mate. See you. Good night.